Welcome to episode number four of the Metamorphosis Track Project podcast. I'm your host, Jack Edwards, and today I'm joined by Australian national champion in the men's pole vault, Angus Armstrong. So Angus is a very insightful young man as much as he is a great athlete. Uh, he's one of those guys who would happily, and he has, read one book a day for the last year. But Angus has gone on a bit of, of a metamorphosis of his own uh, recently. Uh, he's been training in Perth for the last two years after spending most of his career training in Sydney. And so with that in mind, I ask him for his pieces of advice for those who are contemplating a change of cities or a change of scenery for the sake of chasing a dream such as qualifying for the Olympics. On top of that, I also we have a discussion about how his background in science has affected the way he views training in pole vault. And towards the end of the episode, he recounts on a great battle he had with one of his childhood heroes in Belgium. So uh, Angus, great, great, great guest, a guy who I always go to turn to for conversations of many a topic. And if you did enjoy this episode, let me know. Leave a review on iTunes. My apologies if there's a bit of back noise. I think Angus is actually buying some sourdough bread at the local bakery at the same time as we were recording this podcast. Anyway, without further ado, I hope you really enjoyed this episode with Angus Armstrong. And just as I hit record, it sort of lags a little bit. That's how it goes. But um, <laughs> All right. Are we live? We live? Whoa. We're live. So um, welcome to episode three of the Metamorphosis Track Project podcast. I'm joined today by Angus Armstrong. And thank you very much for joining, Angus. Uh, can you just introduce yourself nice. briefly? Thanks, guys. Hello um, hello to all my fellow metamorphs. Um, currently uh, in the uh, process of change and improvement, respect. Um, no, my name is Angus uh, Armstrong. I'm a pole vaulter. I'm raised in Sydney. I've moved to Perth to pursue, um, well, what was Tokyo 2020. Um, now Tokyo 2021. And um, a good friend of Jack's. Yay. <laughs> so, Angus, uh, you're currently our national champion as well. Are you not? Yes, yes, I am actually. Um, I won that yeah last year. Um, like they retain that title for another year because they're again postponed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so I train out with uh, with a bunch of guys in Perth. It's pretty much the Australian whole vault, I guess, national squad. Um, not that it's formally uh, all that, but all the all the top guys are there uh, with uh, women and men. And um, yeah, we all train together out at Western Australian Institute of Sport. It's a great little setup, very efficient, um, very focused on us and our performance. Obviously, we've also had the Answers experience um, in Sydney, which was good, um, really good, but um, it's much easier to be in kind of like a program under the Institute than like, a, like an individual athlete. It's, it's often a challenge when, when it's just like any one um, for you to get a heap of resources or, or, or change stuff about your training. A lot of the time, you'll be on adapting. But with a program, you kind of have a bunch of people that can kind of get together and almost rally and be like, hey, we would like this, this, this. And I don't know, I feel that contributes to optimizing uh, my training um, and the others. Um, and hope, and yeah, I think that, that helps with our performances and stuff. Awesome. So the reasons for you moving to Perth, obviously, to, to qualify for Tokyo. There have been a lot of athletes in Australia which have moved from cities to city for a similar goal. And I'm sure there are going to be many people doing that down the line, off the top of my head, I can think of someone like Liz Clay. I bumped into Liz heading at the track a few weeks ago. There are many people who are taking this route. I was wondering, based off your experience thus far, what sort of pieces of advice would you give those who are considering about moving 
uh, city for this goal? Think about it first, of course. Um, it depends. There's two ways. There's almost there's push factors, there's pull factors, right? Often if there's a build-up of push factors that kind of get you to a point where you're like, I'm either going to quit or I have to move, um, you kind of have to go and you can't really think about timing and you have to make it work. Um, in that case, I know a few people that have done that um, and they really enjoyed it. They thought it was invigorating. It was almost nice to rock up to training or to the track and not have all the pressure because you have taken such a risk and just let yourself kind of train, compete. Um, and often, often in that kind of initial season when everything's a bit crazy and they're just reacting and kind of like living fairly fully, not thinking too much into things, no expectations, that's when they perform really well. It's often the second season um, that there's a bit of a drop off as you kind of like, readjust to training and, and kind of like settle in. For a period of time, I know that I would have, I kind of prioritized things outside of training for a bit, just to make that transition period a little bit better. And I'm glad that I did that initially because if I'd done it later on, it would have taken away from like national champs, as you said, I won. What sort so, of things are you talking about which helped that transition? Um, so, sorry, to, to, to finish the point, so there's push and there's pull. There, for me, there are a lot of pull factors. And so this was kind of like um, in the works for a while. Um, and I've been thinking about it uh, and almost had planned like roughly what was going on. I kind of knew where I was going to live. I had friends there. Um, I kind of organized the rest of my life in terms of like my uni, uh, in terms of potential jobs and stuff. I was kind of looking. I'd already kind of procured a car uh, just before I headed over. So. I was lucky to have all the bits in places. And then the first month was kind of going to a few job interviews, got a job. Um, and that was a nice distraction. Um, I did get fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right. Um, <laughs> we, we live, we learn. And, um, and then, and so that was really great because it meant that the longevity of my stay in Perth, I'd put in enough work to kind of guarantee it. Uh, I now have a great group of friends. Um, I did a bit of stuff with the uni, like was involved in a few seminars, like public seminars that were released. And I kind of just tried to recreate a bit of my life and, and invest in those things outside of athletics, which ultimately create the fertile ground for your athletics, I believe, at least. I think the beautiful thing about moving is you do have this kind of one dimensional, I must get this done and like I'm so committed and that's great. And for someone like myself, it meant that Normally, I get really anxious when I go to sleep. I'm like, oh, like, I'm missing out on something. Like, if I was in Sydney, for example, I'd be like, oh, all my mates are partying, da, da, da. But knowing that I was in Perth, it was those more subtle things. My eating, um, my sleeping, waking up in the morning and going for a run. Like, I was way more disciplined because I was like, well, this is it. I'm here. Um, and it's all in. And similarly, when I went up to training, I was just so open and excited to be there. Um, and I hadn't felt that for a long time. So... I really enjoyed that and it was nice, but I don't think you can ride that kind of honeymoon phase forever. That kind of like, oh, I'm in another state and fully committed and da 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 da. I think that'll that'll help in moments that's tough. But I think what will really help is yeah, those firmer foundations um, of life around and outside, and that means you can take risks in athletics. And um, I think you need to. It's one of those sports that you need to kind of just jump in. And I feel like yeah, it pays off. Awesome. That is a very comprehensive answer. I really. Yeah. Really appreciate it. So mainly what you're saying is, is that you've definitely thought about this. It's something that's been on, on your mind for a while, but um, <laughs> therapy, 
mate. Therapy. No. <laughs> so you say it's like really creating the foundation prior to leaving in terms of like living space, who you're training with, like um, sort of addressing life outside of athletics, even before the diving, going and diving in and everything like that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think, um, and I think that also helps just so you don't feel like, like lonely and stuff. Like we're, we're, we're social animals. We need to know and, 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 and be introduced to people. Again, I'm lucky that I was moving to a squad, but if you move just for a coach and you're the only athlete, yeah, I think you do need to diversify and get a little bit of um, social energy from, from outside. Um, and plus, that's what life is all about. Like, it's not just about, like, in my opinion, blindly, blindly pursuing the goal of like, jump higher, run faster, throw further. Like, no, like, it's all about the people you meet and like how much fun you have. And I think, um, I think you can have that and performance. I think you can have both. And I, and I think it's really important to try and have both. I agree. I think um, oftentimes, like, the energy that you get, whether it's from social activity or sort of like that sense of purpose, like the performance can almost become a, a byproduct of that, along with all the training. Right, right. Yeah, well, it should be a bonus. It shouldn't make yeah. you, I think, as a person. or Because if that's the case, then you're going to freeze up when, you know, get an injury or you hurt your hammy or like unless you're like a robot full respect to the robots out there but <laughs> they exist yeah um yeah yeah but i think this is especially at least for, uh, just to just to acknowledge that in my position i was someone that was still yet to break three free like break through like yeah i've been to a few like i've been to world juniors i've been to com games um but i was in terms of like international pole vault like senior level i still had a lot of work to go before i was like shoe in on the team like I'm still not a shoe in um and so I think in that time where there's not a lot of guarantee it's, it's really important to have your mates and stuff around you um because yeah some days you might not think you can do it and it's nice to yeah catch up with mate for coffee and he snacks you over the head like relax you can just get busy awesome well <coughs> where, what we're talking before we're, we're recording is we're sort of talking about the idea of dive diversification i guess you're also you've also graduated from university uh with science background if i'm not mistaken yes. um and so yes yes I, I see on your social media that you post a lot of books you enjoy reading enjoy the outdoors and so i'm sure you have a lot of knowledge outside of just the athletic realm and i'm wondering how have you drawn knowledge from places outside of athletics and sports uh and how has that assisted in your experience thus far as an athlete? Yeah, good question. Um, lots of layers there. Uh, yeah, so, so to fill everyone in, I did a Bachelor of Advanced Science uh, at Sydney Uni. Um, normally a three-year degree, I think four years. I kind of went like one year full-time and then I did like three-quarter time, three-quarter time, three-quarter time. Um, it was heavy because obviously with the science degree, you have all the lab hours, which is a lot. And I find, I found that quite difficult. Fit in, um, um, yeah, so, so just the act of kind of taking on board um, a lot. Uh, so having, having the practicals, having, having all the training. There's this great quote from an ex-math tutor of mine, uh, Mr. Wilson. Um, and he would say that, um, bite off more than you can chew and chew a little harder. And I really like that. Um, and so I think I was, but, but in that it depends what your goal is, right? If your goal is just to do more, yeah, do more. But if your goal is to really extract like max performance out of, out of one thing, i.e. pole vault, I think I, it was a bit too much in hindsight. Hmm. I wish I'd had the guts just to kind of keep it a bit more chill and ticking over and enjoying a bit of that, a bit of social, 
but then very much like 75% athletics. I feel like it would have been a better a better approach because I was very much like, oh, I have to finish my degree because all my friends have. And, uh, and like, you, you see this massive dropout rate of athletes and uh, after school because all of a sudden, like, you know, their mates are going away and they've all got free time and there's uni. And uh, I at least felt a little bit insecure about the fact that as an athlete, I was kind of stuck a bit. Um, and that doesn't kind of help with motivation. But yeah, that, that, that did at least show me that you can kind of take on a lot and you can endure and you can kind of deal with it. So I, have, I think I've applied that principle in some of the heavier like off-season training like moments. Um, where you're like, oh, I can't do one more set or can't do another session, but you just kind of like grit the teeth and you surprise yourself, right? And if you just kind of get on with it, uh, which really helps. But yeah, especially because so we do a lot of chin-ups and stuff and they get really dirty and uh, hurt. Um, but but knowing that in the past, you've kind of you, you, you accepted all of that and you've been able to endure and get past it, that's kind of mad. Um, the science itself, it obviously speaks to a, a specific type of thinking fairly analytical um data driven funnily enough i wouldn't say that's my natural kind of reaction to things i'm a bit more of an optimist i'm a bit more like like if i have a sore hamstring i like almost will it to get better i'm like nah if i just try a little bit harder or if i just like i'll jump high which which is silly and it's funny funnily enough that that the coaches in Weiss, the biggest thing they've said to me is like you can't kind of cheat the science right you can't like I said, just will yourself to be better. You can't just hope that you heal faster. You kind of have to accept it takes time to build muscle. It takes time to heal injuries. It takes time to have all of those improvements translate to your performance. You can't just like wake up one morning, like today's the day. So I think that's probably how I've taken scientific thinking on. Um, pole vault is a bit different in terms of like data and all that kind of stuff. It's less... Because there is there is a massive part of pole vault that's, that's just, you know, how big are your balls, really? And how crazy are you? And I think, and and, there, and like a technical aspect, which, to be honest, doesn't really require that much data. Um, but the, the, the strength stuff and and all that, I guess, I guess it's nice. I guess, I guess patience and, and not, and not kind of being like, oh, I can just go from 40 to 80 kilos real quickly. Like taking the steps, 40, 50, 60. Yeah. And... And finding one metric that, that you want to focus on, actually. So, so say for me, it's speed. And it doesn't really matter what you do. There's so many ways to skin a cat, right? But as long as my speed's going up, like I don't have to be doing the most perfect clean technique or I don't have to be doing the most perfect squat or my single leg hamstring, hamstring bridges don't have to be like, you know, precisely perfect angle to angle. If I'm doing them and my speeds are improving, like that's positive. And that's all you need to jump on. So yes, yes, using data, but almost kind of simplifying it and kind of making it really easy and being like, am I faster? Yes, no, yes, hectic, let's keep going. Because I feel like a lot of people can get caught up in all these itty bitty kind of things. And I used to as well. Um, and that, so I was very analytical and I was like, oh, well, I got to do this and my, my foot contact and then my knee angle and then this and that. And yeah, you can work on those, but there's some bigger fish to fry, I think, ultimately. Um, before you can kind of tweak it to the nth degree. Yeah, I think that that neurotic, neuroticism that you describe is definitely one of my downfalls. I think, mm. like, and and oftentimes I would want to see improvement in all categories. But as you're saying, yes. as you're saying, you've really you're able to sort of prioritize which variables or metrics are important, 
and which ones need to take a back seat. And if you have speed yeah. as most important metric and that's improving, then you're making positive. Then awesome. Exactly. Exactly. I will, I will have an advocate for the nitty gritty um, and the kind of new neuroticism because at times when like, you know, sometimes you've got like a three month block and it's all about getting faster. But at least for us in, in the first bit of the season, you don't see any results. So it's really nice to work on some smaller things because let's be honest, we all need the kind of little wins and that Absolutely. kind of notion yeah. of improvement. So, so I think the bigger things help me stress less when it comes to my season. Like during, um, say, you know, that transition from, from like for us, we go from 12 steps, to 18 steps, then we start competing. Um, it's really nice to have the bigger things. But I, I often find myself, whenever I get a bit edgy about it, I will try and come back to some of those more neurotic moments during the preseason because you, you don't see much evidence of, of the speed and stuff until later. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess that's where having your awesome setup and, as you said, the patience can really come into play because you can trust that it, it'll come. <laughs> and, and it does, and it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead set, dead set. Um, hmm. And it's also, I think, on people moving like uh, part of it's like if you've done it the year before you can have faith and trust that it's going to happen the year after but i found that when i first moved obviously you're just going to like accept whatever do it but then yeah this year coming up there was a lot of me being like oh you sure this is going to work like what because again this is all new like stuff i haven't done yeah. in my program before and coach is always just like no you just got to trust it reminding me of the main metrics to focus on and yeah it kind of worked out which was great so mm. Awesome. Well, I've got one, one more question. Actually, it's sort of like a doubled question here for you. And that is, so what is your best scout being thus far? And who's number one on your best scout list? Scout. Yeah. Okay, bang. I actually have this. I actually have this. So growing up, I used to watch a lot of pole vault videos and um, just like a bit of inspiration and stuff on YouTube. You know, those, those, those mixes where they have like real cool music in the background. like And there's like montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of colors. There's this one bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, 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 lot of visuals. Um, not for the brain. Um, but there's this one color that I, um, one, one bloke, sorry, that I liked. Molte Moore. He's a German guy. And I don't know. He was just a bit lanky. He was a bit skinny like me. Um, and he jumped a bit unorthodoxly, which I also do. And he was super emotional when he when he competed. So he, he, there's just there's this great one where he, he like runs through, he misses the jump, and then he just screams like, ah, Scheitzer, man. And you just see everyone in the crowd. Like, um, and anyways, anyways, I had no idea he was going to be at this random comp that I went to in Belgium. And lo and behold, he's there. And it was everything that I dreamed of. Tall, lanky, bit weird. Um, yeah. And I beat him. So <laughs> That is a great that's scout. Me, yeah. That's me. That's me. like, yeah, granted, granted, he was definitely on his way out of um, of the professional professional pole vault, but um, no, no, I'll take that one. And on the horizon, I'm coming for Curtis Marshall, mate. I see you. I see you <laughs> yeah. He'd be a brilliant scout. Yeah. Uh, yes, please. Yes, please. Um, so yeah, I'm um, stay posted. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you have any uh, anything that you'd like to push or promote before we wrap this up? Uh, bulk nutrients if you want to get massive. Um, <laughs> yeah, best protein supplement company uh, yeah. in Australia. Um, <laughs> no, no. If someone's looking for cheap protein, um, don't know where to start. Um, yeah, it's a great way to great way to go about it. And shout out Metamorphosis Track Project. Love what you're doing. Appreciate um, it lots. Keep the updates up going, and um, yeah, be safe in these times. Thanks a lot for the chat. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Love right. you, Jacko.
<laughs> you too. Bye. <laughs> See ya.